Welcome back to another edition of the Bring the Juice podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Cody Felger. Joining me, Derek Larger, and another special guest. We've had a lot of special guests coming on here recently. Uh, Tyler Zhang of Indie Sports One on Twitter. You can find him there. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, trying to take advantage of the quarantine life, talk some Colts football. It's a little difficult without sports, but thankfully the Colts are, uh, got some news brewing, so... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned the Colts have been making some moves in the last couple of weeks. They've really been, it's been crazy. Just kind of the move that they've made as opposed to pre- previous years. I mean, last year, they only, they only signed two free agents. So it's definitely something where it's a little bit uncharted territory for us as Colts fans in the last few years, but that's kind of the topic I want to go over in this podcast. It's just kind of, we're going to ask you some questions around some of these moves and kind of evaluate agent moves whether that's releasing guys or whether that's signing some new guys and kind of ask you some questions within that and kind of at the end of this podcast to give our grade for the Colts offseason in 2020 so uh, without further ado Derek you had the first question here you can start us off um, with your yeah. first one here all right awesome um yeah so before we even get into any of the other moves that uh we've pretty much done this offseason Tyler I wanted to ask you about uh, Jadavian Clowney, because Jadavian Clowney right now is the number one marquee free agent right now, at least in most people's eyes. And you can probably see uh, Colts Nation is kind of divided amongst Jadavian Clowney. Just really depends on, you know, the deal that the Colts would want to get for him and how much do they want to give up. Uh, what's your opinion on possibly signing Jadavian Clowney for a one or two year deal? Yeah, it's an it's an interesting topic to discuss. Uh, it sounds like he's standing firm on he wants twenty million dollars a year. Uh, we're, I mean, we still got some cap space left, but you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think with I know we'll talk about Buckner later, but with the addition of Buckner, Justin Houston, and then possibly adding Jadavian Clowney to the uh, the other side of the line, I I think that that could end up being the best defense line of football. I think we got a great you know, backup players with two Ray and Banigou there. If the Colts could get him on a one-year deal and I know his production was a bit low in Seattle, but I think with Buckner drawing that double team, you know, two Ray and Houston would have field days off the edge. And then if he does, you know, say this were to happen, if it was a one-year deal, he does good. You franchise tag him, trade him and get something for him. So Colts are in win now mode and I, I would like to see the move. With that, um, what has been your favorite move so far that the Colts have made in free agency? Uh, for me, it's definitely the Buckner trade. I think I know a lot of people are upset that we got. Well, I wouldn't say upset, but they were kind of confused why we got rid of the 13th pick. I know a lot of people wanted Jordan Love, big Jordan Love hype train in Colts Nation mm-hmm. or was, but that's kind of faded away with Philip Rivers. But I think Buckner, he just brings he's going to bring that Quentin Nelson mentality when we got. When we got Nelson, he changed the whole mindset of the offensive line. It, you know, it rubbed off on veteran guys like Anthony Costanza or Ryan Kelly. I think the way Buckner is going to practice every day, he's going to his work ethic at practice every day is just going to rub off on the rest of the off or the defensive line as well. And he's a leader. He's a standout guy. And I, I can't wait to see the battles between him and Quentin Nelson during training camp. Yeah, Tyler, that's mm-hmm. interesting that you brought that up because. Uh, you know, we've been talking about, you know, Quentin Nelson changing the line. That's interesting that you brought up the aspect of 
him changing the defensive line culture uh, like Quentin Nelson did with the O-line culture. That's pretty interesting. Um, I, I kind of like that, honestly. And I, I agree with you. My favorite move so far has been uh, has been the DeForest Buckner move. I felt like it was, you know, wh- whether or not people thought we were overpaying for him or gave up the 13th pick was worth it or not. I- I've made a whole video about why that was a great move anyways. But um, I do want to ask you about the um, what we would want to say about the offseason so far. Obviously, we've not seen an offseason like this from Chris Ballard yet. Uh, and probably for the obvious reason, I did want to ask you is why, why do you think that is? And would you think that the loss of Andrew Luck, seeing what this team has done without Andrew Luck for you know a year and then the half year that he wasn't there when – he had his shoulder problem. Did you think Ballard just finally said enough's enough? I need to start finally doing something to help make up for the loss of Andrew Luck. I wouldn't say it's necessarily tied to Andrew Luck, but I mean, we got the pieces. We got, you know, Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson. We got, we've been doing really well in drafts. You got undrafted free agents like Kenny Moore. I think, I think he just knows that, we can win football games if we get the right players. And unfortunately, Jacoby Brissett wasn't, you know, what we all wanted him to be. And I think Chris Ballard knows that we're just a few playmakers away from making a deep playoff run. And yeah, unfortunately, Andrew Luck, you know, he's retired, all that. We, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich have had highs and lows, but they know that they have the players on this team to, to make a run. And now with the addition of yep. Philip Rivers, DeForest Buckner, Xavier Rhodes, Sheldon Day, you're getting some veteran guys, but some also some guys who can who who are going to help you win games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It is always good to add those moves there. Uh, Cody, I pretty much you already asked him about his favorite move. Uh, I just asked him about what kind of uh, correlation maybe losing Andrew Luck to has anything to do with Ballard changing the system. So um, anyway, we'll move on here. Um, so biggest surprise this offseason, I know we obviously talked about the DeForest Buckner uh, trade. I, I don't know if that's the biggest surprise to you this offseason. Has there been anything that surprised you more than that? Um, probably, I mean, the pure to zero move was a bit surprising. I know people mm-hmm. were like, well, I called that back then. But I thought with the Buckner move, and I'm going to keep saying it, how good the defensive line can be. And we all know when the defense line is good, the, the corners are having to cover for less amount of time. Really, the whole defense is better. I thought a healthy peer to zero could have really benefited from that. But, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Xavier Rhodes, I mean, if you can get him back to his all-pro year, that's that's 10 times better than peer to zero. So that was a little bit of surprise, but I like the move that they made uh, after the, the release of him. Yeah, and it, that was definitely a surprise for me too. Didn't really expect that. Um, I would say, yeah, the biggest surprise going off of that is you know the signing of uh, Xavier Rhodes, which certainly you know right now uh, maybe not necessarily the move that kind of surprises everybody. But um, you hear a name like Xavier Rhodes, and you think of what that potential ceiling is and uh, what his potential could be. Uh, versus what we saw of a peer to Zier. What do you let me get your thoughts real quick on that Xavier Rhodes uh, acquisition? Because that that was definitely a uh, big name. Still, again, like I said, not 
the greatest of last two seasons dealing with injuries and his foot speed has been taken advantage of. But in the system that he's in now and with the coaching staff that he has, do you think Xavier Rhodes can return to any kind of what he was back in 2017? Yeah, I, I think, you know, he's switching to more of a, a zone heavy scheme. He's reuniting with his old DB coach. Um, but when you, like I said, when you take Rhodes and Desir and you both, both were a bit unhealthy last year. And I think, I think Rhodes can get back to, I'm not going to say his 2017 all pro form, but I think he can get some parts of that back. If you take Rhodes and Desir and you fully healthy, you're taking Rhodes all day long. And right. I think that's what the Colts see there. It's, it's a low, low risk, high reward, one year, $5 million deal. Worst case, he's just a leadership guy for Rocky Scene, Marvel Tell. Quincy Wilson's only 23. I know he's been on the team for four years, but he's so really young. And I think worst case, all this is is just he's just a knowledge guy. He's gonna he's gonna help. You know, I, I look at Rocky Sin and he reminds me of a, a younger Xavier Rose, just his physical play style. But I think he'll definitely benefit from our scheme and I I don't wanna say that he's gonna get back to his twenty seventeen all pro form, but I think I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah, that definitely was something that <laughs> shocked a lot of us. Um, so I guess one of my questions, another one that I have, um, this is a question that I've gotten a lot here. Are there any other free agents right now in the market that would potentially interest you um, if the Colts kick the tires on one of them? I've looked at guys like Rashard Higgins. I think mm. I think wide receiver will be, will be addressed in the draft early on. But another – this is kind of going away from the question a little bit, but another surprise was the release of Marcus Johnson, the wide receiver. I think mm. they brought back Mike grow and uh, I think he definitely would have benefited there. But I think, I think with the lack of playmakers at wide receiver, it can't hurt to bring in a guy like Higgins who uh, was good two years ago. He dealt with a little bit of injuries and then some tension with Freddie kitchen, you know, that whole thing was a mess with the Browns, but it, it can't hurt to bring in a wide receiver who, has some potential just to be a camp body at the least. So mm-hmm. uh, free agent wise, probably Higgins Clowney would be another one I'd be interested in. Um, not sure where Clowney's at there. You know, you have multiple reports about Titans Colts and some other teams. So those would be two guys that I'd be looking at right now. Yeah. yeah I mean, Rashad Perryman was definitely another wide receiver that I, I was disappointed that the Colts did not take advantage of. Um, because I thought I, I did an um, episode on that just a few hours before the news broke that Perryman was going somewhere else. It stinks as I thought Perryman would have been a great addition, a guy that you could have gotten for a low cost. Um, so Tyler, we've been talking a lot about, you know, some of the good things that Chris Ballard has done, uh, you know, with signing DeForest Buckner, Philip Rivers, Sheldon Day, Xavier Rhodes, all these stuff. It, it definitely has, we've seen a lot of good come from this, but there's obviously been some kind of disappointment in here in some aspects. What's been like the biggest disappointment that the Colts have not taken advantage of in free agency so far in your eyes? I think it's just the, the, I know Joe Hay got a, or an opportunity to start in Tampa, but you know, 16 games started by all five offensive linemen. That's, that's not a guarantee. And, you know, with our luck, injuries are always a part of our season. And so I wish we addressed uh, re-signing guys like Joe Haig and Josh Andrews a little bit more. I know 
there was probably discussions of bringing him back and they had opportunities to go elsewhere and, and get a better role. But I would like to see them address the offensive line a little bit more just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect 16 game season. You know, there's always injuries somewhere. And with 16 games last year, it's almost like somebody's going to get injured on the offensive line yeah. uh, this year. So that was yeah. a little disappointing, but you know, I, I know Chris Bauer's got a plan. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, beyond what Laraven Clark and maybe some other guys that were on your practice squad last year, you really have nobody beyond your five starters um, that you can really trust and rely on, like Joe Haig or Josh Andrews. So I thought that was really weird, too. I wasn't a big fan of that move, just letting both of them walk. But again, I know Joe Haig wanted to start somewhere, so that one made sense. I wasn't too upset about that one, but, you know, maybe Josh Andrews wants that, too, but... I just felt like you need to address it some way. If you know you're going to lose both those guys, look into getting some of those guys. And who knows, maybe the Colts will do that. Um, but I'm just more of the belief of getting some veteran backups as opposed to drafting some young guys, maybe mid to late rounds. But uh, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. Um, okay, so next question for me then. Um, what does the lack of urgency, I guess, and we kind of touched on this, with taking skill positions, with getting some guys in here via free agency, what is the lack of that urgency say to you in regards to how the Colts approach this 2020 draft? I mean, there's a lot of great wide receivers. I wouldn't say the tight end class is too too strong, but I think, I mean, we saw last year they went defense heavy. You know, Paris Campbell was really the only offensive player we took outside of Barton and Patterson in the later rounds, but I think you're going to see a flip this year. I think you're going to see a wide receiver early on, possibly tight end. You know, we just talked about offensive line. Maybe they go for a little bit of depth there. Um, I think outside of T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, there's no real locks. I know they're really high on uh, Zach Pascoe. Uh, Fountain had a great training camp uh, before he got injured, unfortunately. But you know, I think you just need somebody who can go up and get the ball. Um, I talked with some other people, just hopefully T Higgins or Denzel Mims drop to 34. I think those two would be really great. We've seen the success that Phillip Rivers has had with receivers that can go up and get the ball. You look at Malcolm Floyd when he first came in the league and then uh, the past couple of years with Mike Williams there. So I think, uh, you know, you have T.Y. who can kind of dissect any coverage. You have Paris Campbell, who's your speed guy, and then you're really missing just a couple key backups and one one star wide receiver that can go up and get the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. There's a lot of different wide receivers that we can hit on in any round of this draft, honestly. There's so many wide receivers. They're widely regarding this as the deepest wide receiver class in any NFL draft that we've ever seen. Because there's guys in the fifth or sixth round that you could still pick up that could potentially be good role players in any offensive system. But let me go back to the quarterback situation here for a second. Um, You mentioned Jordan Love and how losing that 13th pick pretty much ensures that we can't really get him. So let me ask you, because I know a lot of people have been mentioning how Jordan Love's name could potentially be dropping, not necessarily because of what he does, but simply just because the a few less teams in the top 10 and 15 are not needing quarterbacks right now. Let's say that Jordan Love does make it into the into the 20s 
or at that 34th pick, whatever the scenario, if he gets late in the first round, early second, should the Colts take that chance on getting him there while they can, or should they just look to uh, fill more different positions? Yeah, you know, it's it's a hard one because when you look at the quarterback position right now with Rivers and Brissett, they're they're both one year left on their contract. So the Colts are in win now mode, but they don't have, you know, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be after this season. And so it all depends on how much they like Jordan Love or whoever they're targeting. But I could see the teams like Patriots and Saints. I think they're back to back at 23, 24. I could see them possibly, you know, getting Love as a backup for Breeze and then uh, pairing Love with McDaniels and Belichick. That could be a move. So I think if the Colts wanted to make a move, it would have to be like at the Vikings pick at 22. But yeah, like you said, I don't, I feel like we just need, with right now we're just in win mode. I feel like we need some playmakers. And if they traded that 13th pick away, I think they were okay with passing on Jordan Love. Okay. So kind of moving in, I guess, going back a little bit, you mentioned getting some of those playmaking type of guys. Uh, you know, for a lot of people have said wide receiver position is hands down the weakest link on the offense right now. I would tend to push back on that and even include, you know, throw tight end into that mix. Um, where are you as far as, you know, if you have some wide receivers that you like there or you have the top tight end, you know, maybe Cole Komet or one of those guys, um, you mentioned how the tight end class isn't necessarily the best as opposed to a historic wide receiver class. Um, would you be more inclined to take a tight end at 34 and then try to address maybe wide receiver at 44 or would you want to flip that? I mean, you definitely have the ability to do that. Like you said, wide receiver class, you can, I feel like you can find a gem in every single round this year. Uh, and then the tight end class isn't, isn't too strong. I think, I think right now the Colts, the Colts are fine on guys who can block Jack Doyle can block Molly Cox can block. I think you need somebody who's a bit more athletic, kind of like that Ebron role who can, who's, who's a pretty athletic tight end and sort of acts like a receiver. So if you're going to take a tight end at 34, I'd, I'd want somebody more athletic, somebody that can uh, get some yards after the catch and is almost kind of like receiver. I feel like Ebron just a big, a big bodied wide receiver in that, in that type of sense. So if you get an athletic tight end, I think you can afford to go wide receiver a little bit later in the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a couple. There's a couple tight ends that I honestly think that you could capitalize on that. You know, you said Cole Komet. You have Bryson Hopkins, and you have Thaddeus Moss. A couple of guys who have shown that they're, you know, a good couple body wide, uh, tight ends that play like wide receivers. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with our tight end group right now. I know that you know we haven't seen much of the wide receiving end for all of them. I know because. Just I feel like the way that the system's set up for them. But I mean, I, I do wonder, Tyler, what you feel about honestly feel about our wide receiver group. Cause, you know, I have seen it everywhere that, you know, people are saying we possibly have uh the top three worst wide receiver corps in the entire NFL. Um, and you know, people continuously calling Paris Campbell a bust and he's never going to perform. And, you know, and Zach Pascal, oh, he had a great season last year, but he probably won't do that again. We don't know about the situation with T.Y. for a long term. 
what do you honestly feel with our wide receiver group? Can it, you know, be better or is it that bad? Like some people are suggesting, and we really do have some of the worst wide receiver corps in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think I wouldn't say the worst, but it definitely needs a lot of work. I know last year heading into the season, we felt pretty confident about our, our receiving core. And then Deion Kane didn't pan out. Fountain got injured. And then T.Y. got injured. You know, the whole thing kind of just went disastrous. But, yeah, you know, T.Y., like you said, he's dealt with injuries. He's he's aging. And, you know, it's not fun to think about. But, you know, he, he hasn't he wasn't able to perform last year because of injuries. You wonder if those carry over Paris Campbell couldn't stay healthy at all last year, either Zach Pascal, you know, he's, he's a pretty good blocker, but he's not, you know, he's not a superstar wide receiver. So outside of those three guys, you, you could throw fountain, maybe in the bunch Rogers isn't coming back. Most likely Funches is gone. You're just left with not a lot of explosive playmakers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think, Paris Campbell will be really good with Philip Rivers. I think T.Y. will be fine. But really outside of those two guys, it's like, who do you have that can get the ball and just make plays? And so, yeah, I do I do think the wide receiver group is in a, a bad spot right now. Um, but I think I think with this draft, there there's a lot of room to address it. Yeah, and just another side note, Cody. Before you go in, uh, I, I my brother texted me last night. He was watching. Uh, he was watching Paris Campbell play. Um, he he was playing some uh, Modern Warfare last night. He was streaming it on Twitch, and he was watching him. And he actually got to, he actually one v one his friend who asked to one v one him, which was kind of funny. Um, and I thought that, uh, and he w- he asked him, uh, how does he feel about Rivers throwing him the football? Uh, and he said he was extremely excited. I mean, I'm extremely excited about, you know, Philip Rivers throwing the football to him because I think that, you know, the way he plays is certainly uh, better than Jacoby Brissett. Tyler, what do you think for uh, for Rivers' sake, like how much do you think that actually impacts our offense is it going to be a lot more explosive just with everything on offense or you feel like it's going to be a little bit more but not as much as some think it is um you know it's a it's a tough question um you know we haven't seen rivers in the blue and white yet but i i mean like you said he's an upgrade over Brissett. i think I think Rivers is smart. I mean, he's a veteran. He knows he knows who to get the ball to. I think Naeem Hines is going to benefit from this. Paris Campbell certainly will. I think him and T.Y. are just going to build up that chemistry. You know, Rivers doesn't really have to learn the playbook too much, so it's not like he's going to be spending the entire offseason trying to remember plays. It's more just going to be about building up the chemistry, and I think once he does that, uh, you'll, see, you'll see the guys who can make plays start making plays uh, every game. And, you know, we have a super good offensive line and Phillip Rivers isn't going to need to throw the ball all game. We can run the ball now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's a perfect fit. I think I still think I mean, I've probably mentioned it 4000 times already, but just adding a wide receiver in the draft for Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good move. Awesome. Well, the final thing we want to do here is give a grade overall for the Colts offseason for their releases, their trades and also their signings. So, Tyler, what grade, A to F, would you give the Colts and Chris Ballard here as we stand here on March 29th, 
Colts haven't made any more moves at this point. What grade would you give the Colts overall in free agency 2020? Yeah, I mean, I think this offseason has been nearly perfect. I'd, I'd give an A minus, like like we kind of discussed. I wish they addressed the offensive line a little bit more and keeping some of the guys or maybe going out and getting a free agent or two. Um, like I said, the, the Zier move was a bit questionable, but they made up for it with the road signing. So I this team, you look at it from last year to now, this upcoming year so far, it, it is it is greatly increased in the the playmakers and stars that we have on this team. So I'm super excited. And like I said, I'd give them an A minus outs, you know, offense line was the only thing that I'd maybe change. Derek, how about you? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same way. I'm going A minus as well. I think I I don't know if I said a B plus or an A minus when it came to that before, but yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. I mean, they've they've made some excellent moves, not many that have been, you know, really that bad. Uh, obviously like Tyler mentioned the, the fact that we could have kept maybe one of our offensive line guys for depth, uh, would have been much better for me. And obviously they've failed to, uh, capitalize on the wide receiver market. But like we've said before, there's so many wide receiver options in the draft that you're going to get a chance to go with, but in in acquisitions that we've gotten so far, I I see no problems with them and I'm giving it an A minus. Okay. And I'll go with a B plus. Uh, You mentioned offensive line depth and, you know, just that Buckner trade, what that does for you, I think is, is huge for that defense. It's a a game record. I mean, I was watching uh, some DeForest Buckner highlights yesterday before I went to work and I was just like, Oh my word. Like this guy is phenomenal at everything. He's not just a great pass rusher. He's not just a great run defender. He's good at everything. And so, Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's just definitely a guy, you know, that you get on that defense and he sets the tone for that defense, similar to what you were talking about, Tyler, with Quentin Nelson on that offensive line. I think it drastically improves your defensive line just with that move. And then some of the other moves the Colts have made, Sheldon Day, one-year deal, nice depth piece there. Um, And then some of the more, like, questionable guys, the guys that could go either way in Xavier Rhodes, Phillip Rivers, they're not guys that you're committing long-term to, which I like that a lot. If they, if both of them absolutely flop, you're not tied to them next year. You can address that position. So I would definitely go B plus um, overall. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's what I have for that one. Uh, that's what I have for this podcast guys. Thank you, Tyler, for coming on. Um, well, this is definitely fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. And uh, it was a, it was a really good time, man. So uh, appreciate you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a blast. Um, you know, definitely, definitely give me something to do on this Sunday. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody, Derek, thank you. You guys are a few, few of the guys in the business that aren't really in it for the clout. And I appreciate that. You guys are, you know, using a platform to really engage with Colts fans and, and talk Colt stuff. So uh, yeah, I had a blast. And like you said, hopefully we can do this in the future soon. Appreciate absolutely. that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The draft's coming up soon, so we'll, we'll have to do some more draft talk as it gets closer. But yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for listening as always. And as always, go Colts.